This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Okay, I think it is two o'clock according to my time. I want to welcome you back. Um, for this uh, session. This is our third session. We are going to start right now. I want to thank the Lord that uh, he has given us this time again to go deeper into our understanding of this relentless prayer, and that is Jesus Christ. Let's just uh, bow our heads as we pray. Our Father, thank you so much for the time that uh, you are giving us now as we proceed and study more about how to pray as you prayed. We pray that you take control of the room right now and fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, um, this morning, for those of you who are here, we talked about already about the importance of prayer, that God has given us that as a weapon. We are in a battlefield, and we need to be armed in order for us to, to win this battle. And that arm is, that weapon is the prayer. And that's why the devil is doing everything for us not to use this, this weapon. And he is doing everything for us not to pray or not to pray enough. Or not to pray the relentless prayer, and that is the prayer of Jesus. I just want to recap for a moment uh, about the relentless prayer. Uh, it is said that uh, Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example in all things. In Steps to Christ, page 93, it is said that he is our example in all things. So when we talk about prayer life, I'm just kind of summarizing. When we talk about prayer life, we are talking about the prayer life of Jesus as our example. He is our example in all things. And his experience has to be our experience as well. I read this. He said, in Christ, the cry of humanity reached the father of infinite pity. As a man, he supplicated the throne of God till his humanity was charged with the heavenly current that should connect humanity with divinity. And he's very beautiful through continual communion, he received life from God that he might impart life to the world. And here is the punchline. His experience is to be ours. That is the goal. For us to be here, we need to reach that goal by the grace of God. And by his grace, once we finish this uh, uh, set of sessions of topics, we will go out of this place knowing that we are indeed praying as Jesus prayed. We will go, we'll, um, 
uh, go deeper into that. Then we talked about uh, prayer as a necessity. Jesus Christ uh, needed prayer, and we need even more prayer than Jesus. Um, but unfortunately, we think that we don't need more prayer than Jesus Christ. And that is a mistake. Prayer is a must. He said we must pray as you prayed. And we must agonize as you agonized. When you talk about relentless prayer, it is this prayer, agonizing prayer. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy talks about this. And the spirit of prophecy talks about agonizing prayer. We must agonize as he agonized. If we would conquer as he conquered. Quickly, and uh, this is what we said this morning many times, we think that we are busier than Jesus. Uh, so we cannot pray as Jesus prayed. But we said this morning that no other life was ever so crowded with labor and responsibility as was that of Jesus. And yet, how often he was found in prayer. Um, that is the key. Often, not really, but Jesus, the last line, two lines, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He was busy, but he spent a lot of time also praying. The point is that we should never be too busy to pray. In fact, the more we have things to do, the more we need prayers. And it is true, remember the analogy that we use for those of you who are here this morning. Like life is a race. Life is a race. When you, uh, you run, the more you run, we need breath. True or false? Definitely. And that's that also the case. The more we are engaged in ministry, the busier we are, the more we need prayer. But many times, it is the opposite. If we are busy, or when we are busy, then the most targeted time that is removed is the time for prayer. Reduce the time for prayer. Reduce the time for reading the Bible, which is totally uh, disastrous. And we talked about the early morning. Early morning, rising up a greater while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. We talked about the importance of the early morning. We will talk more about that when you go to the practice, how to structure our prayer life. But I just want to hint or to tell us that we cannot escape this early morning. If you really want to be strong in the faith, we need to wake up earlier. And I said that the earlier is subjective. My early might not be your early, but it must be early for you so that you will have enough time to pray, enough time to devote to, for prayer and reading the Bible. But prayer is 
important. Early morning, all night we said, all night, once in a while, when it is needed, the early morning is not enough. We need to do more than that to connect, to spend time with our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul followed that. He prayed even all night. And the key to victory right now, here is the continuation. We have just uh, summarized what we have done this morning. Now we, we continue what we have started. What is the key to victory? The greatest victories gained for the cause of God are not the result of labored argument. Ample facilities, we need all of this. Wide influence or abundance of means, they are gained in the audience chamber with God. When with earnest, agonizing faith, men lay hold upon the mighty arm of power. Many times we, we forget about this. We are thinking that we can do it on our own. But the key to victory, there's no other option, is just to spend time with God. Spend enough time with God. Relentless prayer. This is what we need. Right now, we need victory. I don't know what, uh, what trouble, what, what trial do you have right now, but we, we know that this is not a trial-free environment. This world is not a trial-free environment. We have our challenges, we have our problems. But the key to victory is this chamber, audience chamber, in the audience chamber with God, with earnest prayer, agonizing, agonizing faith. This is what we need. And men of prayer, the secret of success in patriarchs and prophets, he said the secret of success is the union of divine power with human effort. Let's read together. Those who achieve, let's go, those who achieve the greatest results are those who rely most implicitly upon the almighty arm. The man who commanded, son, stand still upon Gibeon, and thou, moon, in the valley of Agilon, is the man who for hours lay prostrated upon the earth in prayer in the camp at Gilgal. And he is the line. The men of prayer are the men of power. So do we need power to serve the Lord? Are you tired of being powerless? Are you tired of, uh, of being an average spiritual uh, walk with God? This is the key. The power is available. But many times we don't claim for it. It is right there. This reminds me of, uh, of the story of a young boy who was uh, taken as a, as a boy uh, serving in a house. Uh, he was so nice and so good and dependable that the man of the house, the father, decided to treat him as his own son. And he grew up like that. He was so loved by this man. 
But unfortunately, the man died. And unfortunately, when the man died, the father died, the mother and the children did not treat him the way he was treated by the man. He, he was mistreated by them. And finally, he could not stand it anymore. He left the house. He had just little resources. He was struggling, and it was tough for him. Finally, he was destitute. No money, no job. And he was so discouraged. And then he decided to be a beggar by the road, asking for money to buy food. So one day, a man, very dignified, well-dressed man, passed through. And then after seeing him, he came back. And to see the boy, the young man was asking for money. And then he looked. He looked at him. He said, are you not the young man who lived with my, my, my friend when he was alive? He said, yes, I am the one. What happened? And then he started to tell the story, the story about uh, what has happened. And uh, he said, look, you should not be here. When my friend was still alive, he revealed something to me. He told me that he really loves you. And he, you are so dependable. And he told me that I like this young man. If anything happened to me, I have already opened a bank account for him. I set aside money for him. So that if anything, he will not be stranded. You will be taken care of. He said, come. You should not begging here. You have money. I'm a lawyer. I'm going to help you to retrieve the money. I know. Let's go. Many times, we are just like this young man. Power is, the supply is just amazing. God has an unlimited supply of power. You will receive power, Jesus Christ said. But here we are, struggling. We are not claiming the power that God has already uh, set aside for every one of us. And we get this through prayer. The men of prayer are the men. Of, of power. And this is the, let's go now about the practical in, in one aspect already. The one hour. These are of ages. This is very familiar text. Page 83. It said, it would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the life of Christ. We should take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene, especially the closing ones 
As we thus dwell upon his great sacrifice for us, our confidence in him will be more constant. Our love will be quickened and we shall be more deeply imbued with his spirit if we would be saved at last. We must learn the lesson of penitence and humiliation at the foot of the cross. We need, we need to spend time. Early morning, we need to find time. That means we need to sleep earlier. Many times, uh, we cannot expect to wake up very early if you sleep very late. Of course, if you decide not to sleep at all, if you have the gift of not sleeping, that is another story, but not many have that gift. But the normal thing is that if you want to wake up early, go to bed early enough so that you can, you can have that time. Prayer and fasting. This is not just prayer. We also need to fast. You know, uh, some people say, oh, I cannot fast. If I fast, I will collapse. Um, Jesus Christ expects us to fast. Of course, if you have medical conditions, that is another story. But if you are okay, then Jesus expects us to fast. Because uh, when he said, he didn't say, if you fast. Have you noticed that? He said, if you fast. Jesus didn't say that. What did he say? When, when you fast. That means it is expected for us to fast. It is not if, but when. So if you really want to be man and woman of prayer, we cannot separate this with fasting. Prayer and fasting, they go together. You cannot just emphasize prayer and then de-emphasize fasting. Pray and fast. Jesus Christ did that. And he is our example. So we need also to fast. And he, again, he, we need not to, to do things that we cannot do. We may start small. You may skip one meal, for example. That is your fasting. It is already fasting. One meal. Two meals. Maybe a whole day. Some would do three days. Fasting. But Jesus Christ said, when you fast. So for us to be strong in the faith, we need to do both. You may choose one day per week. The day of fasting for you. You may choose maybe a day in two weeks. You see, this fasting is flexible and according to the need. If you really want to, to go, for example, you pass through challenges and trials in life, you need to pray and fast at the same time. And you need to study the trend in the Bible, in the Old Testament. You see, God, God, uh, through, I mean, the kings through uh, the people, ask the people to, uh, to pray and fast. Prayer and fast 
fasting and prayer, they go together. You remember the experience of the disciples. Um, the demon-possessed boy was there, and uh, Jesus Christ with the three disciples, they went to the mountain to pray and uh, uh, to, to have the all-night prayer. This time around, Jesus Christ decided to bring three of the disciples, not alone. Many times he went alone praying all night. And then he said, okay, Peter, James, and John, let's go. They climbed the mountain, and they prayed. And that is the Mount of the Transfiguration. But down there in the valley, there was a struggle. The disciples, the nine, they were approached. They were known to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And there was a need. And then the father said, please, do something. My son is suffering. And they tried, they tried to mimic Jesus Christ and to come out, but nothing happened. And when Jesus Christ and, and the three disciples came down, the father said, can you do something? These ones couldn't do. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus Christ prayed. And then he said, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Some challenges and problems, they require prayer and fasting. This kind, Jesus said, you need to pray and fast at the same time. That is the relentless prayer, fasting. Then pray this is an appeal to us. Pray as never before. This is the time for us to pray more. Said, pray, my brethren. Ellen G. White wrote, pray as you have never prayed before. We are not prepared for the Lord's coming. That is a serious, mystery, serious statement. He said, we are not prepared for the Lord's coming. You see the link between the true prayer and being ready for the coming of Jesus. We cannot separate this. And we are waiting for the coming of Jesus. We are Adventist. Advent. So there is no such thing as being an Adventist and neglecting prayer. Pray, my brethren. Pray as you have never prayed before. And that is a call to relentless prayer. We are not prepared for the Lord's coming. We need to make thorough work for eternity. This is the call for us. Time for us to relook into our prayer life. How is my prayer life right now? How is your prayer life right now? How much time do you spend with the Lord? If you analyze the way you spend your time, it will tell us our priority. Is prayer, is studying the Bible, is our priority? That's why Ellen White says here, we are not prepared. With this kind 
of reluctant, as you studied this morning, of lack of prayer, we are not ready for heaven. We need to change. If we have put prayer as a low priority in our lives, then there is a problem. And this is what the devil wants, is to deceive us, to make us believe that we are okay. You see, the worst sickness is the sickness that cannot be detected. War is not detected on time. And it was all, all, only known after when it was already gone far. Because we are not taking the necessary steps to correct it. And the devil just wants that. To think that we are fine. With the prayer life that we are, doing, we are having now, he said, it's okay. The way you pray now, it's fine. So he wants us to be in the middle. You see, the devil, we are not exalting the devil, but we are disclosing his strategy. The devil is a master uh, in tempting. So he has many kinds of temptation. He will study, you know, he's been in this business for at least 6,000 years, uh, and uh, he has done it many times. So he studies. He says, oh, this one, hmm, immorality, no. You will never do that. Stealing, no. You will not do that. Cheating, no. He said, what I will do is I will put him in a situation that he will be, he thinks that he's too busy to pray. In my, uh, in my ministry, when I started my ministry, um, as a young pastor, I was approached by the, the leader of the community. He was not an Adventist. Uh, and he said, Pastor, let's work together. I said, okay, uh, fine. What do you want me to do? He said, okay, I am the leader, the, the civic leader of the community but I would like you to be the pastor of the community. And I said, can you elaborate? What do you want me to do exactly? He said, listen, pastor. He said, anything spiritual in our community, you will be in charge. There are many, there are many denominations in our community, but uh, I was surprised. I was young, but he has chosen me to be almost like the pastor of the community. And I said, okay, uh, let's do it. He said, one of the things uh, he said that he would do is that if there is death, we will go there and encourage the family, and you will be in charge of preaching to this family, and uh, I will also encourage them. <coughs> and we, uh, we started and they said, Pastor, come. Unfortunately, one of uh, our people died. We need to go and uh, visit and encourage the family. So we went there. Um, 
encouraged the family. I prayed and gave some words of encouragement, and then we left. The following week, same thing. Another one died, Pastor. Come. Said, we went there. The following week, the same thing. And then finally I said, Mr. President, we call him President. Mr. President is the leader of the community. Why is it that our people die a lot? (laughs) And then he said, he kind of lowered his voice. You know, Pastor, let me tell you. Have you noticed that these people, they come from the poorest place in our community? And you know, in that situation, he said, they don't eat enough. And they don't have the strength to resist the sickness. He said, the true reason, he said, is that lack of food. And they learned a lesson from that. This is what the devil is trying to do. He tries to starve us first or to disconnect us from the power, and then will hit us. And any temptation that he will bring, he will be successful. So we need to watch that we are always connected to the source. We need to eat. We need to pray. We need to fast and pray, eat spiritually, because we are in a battlefield. We cannot exempt ourselves. We are already in it. So what we need to do now is to take the weapon and engage ourselves in this fight, this spiritual fight, this conflict that we have. And this is, this is why we need, we need prayer. That is the key for us to be able to do what God wants us to do. So now, we are going to go into another topic uh, that we will uh, start. It is a very big topic. It is the key to answered prayers. This morning, I've promised you that that will be our topic. This will take us through through the day. Uh, Today, and uh, tomorrow we'll have another one about faith, and we pray also in the middle, asking for miracles from God. But let me start with this. This morning, um, I talked about the trend. The trend, the yes, yes, and no, yes, yes, yes to our prayer, And no, 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 it is like the opposite for us. But for Jesus Christ, listen to this. In, let's start with the psalm first, 65, verse 2. All you hear prayer, to all flesh will come. And then in John chapter 11, verse 41 and 42, it said, and Jesus lift up lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. 
But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So for Jesus, what was the trend? Yes, yes, yes. Always yes, according to this. Said, hear ye always hear me. So when Jesus prayed, then the answer was what? Yes. Of course, you know, one of the prayers of Jesus in Gethsemane, he said what? But in fact, that was not a no answer. Because he decided to go anyway. He was somehow saying, maybe I will not go through this. But after praying, he said, yes. So it is true that for Jesus, it was always yes. And remember, the goal is for us to have the experience of who? Of Jesus. He said his experience should be our own experience. So the plan of God is that for us it will be yes as well. But of course you will discover that we, uh, we have not reached that level of Jesus. But there must be an improvement of the trend. That there should not be just no, 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 yes. No, 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 yes. Yes, answer, yes, no, answer. There must be. So we are going to study right now how we are going to achieve that through the Bible. Let me tell you my experience with this topic. I was kind of troubled by the fact that why is it when you study the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you see the trend. That these praying people, when they prayed, the answer was yes. Even to stop the sun, that was quite a bold prayer. Can you imagine you stand here today, said, okay, I would like, I don't want to drive in the dark. So I am asking, the job is not yet done, I would like the sun to stop. That is quite a prayer. But he did. And the answer was yes. And many of that. Old Testament, New Testament, you see this trend. So I, when I read this, I said, Lord, why is this? The same God, the same promise. The God of Joshua is my God. And he is your God. The God of Peter, the God of the apostles. Why is it that it is not the same now? That was my question. And then I just decided to wrestle with the Lord. Spend a lot of time. He said, Lord, I really would like to understand this. I cannot just say, well, that is it so. Because some people said, you know, that was in the past. We don't expect that to happen now. He said, we know that is Old Testament. That is the early church. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see the prophecy about that to say that 
uh, at the end of time will be less power. Actually, I see the opposite. He said it will, it will be more, the latter rain will be more than the former uh, rain. So it should be the opposite. So I cannot buy that explanation to say that, well, you don't see miracles, you don't see prayer dancers because that is the way it is. You study the spirit of prophecy, it is not there. You study the Bible, it is not there. So Lord, please just dis disclose this to me. I just want to understand. So I went into studying the word of God. Studying the spirit of prophecy. And I prayed the relentless prayer. I will not let you go until you reveal this to me. And this is, by the way, what Daniel did. You prayed for him to understand the prophecy. And God revealed to him. So I said, Lord, I'm not Daniel, but I'm your child. Please reveal this to me. So what I'm going to share with you is a result of that wrestling with the Lord. With the word of God and with the spirit of prophecy. I believe in the spirit of prophecy. Amen. This is the gift that God has given us as a church. And I know it from experience that if you really believe in the spirit of prophecy, things are different. So I want to reveal to, uh, to share with you what God has revealed um, to me through this wrestling with the Lord. Then I saw this, said John, chapter 11. Jesus said, you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And in Great Controversy, page 525, were not miracles wrought by Christ and his apostles? The same, I want to underline the word the same, the same compassionate Savior lives today. He is alive. So this idea of saying, oh, that is the early church. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy said, he lives today. He is alive. He said, the same compassionate Savior lives today, and he is as willing to listen to the prayer of faith as when you walked visibly among men. Are you not excited about this statement? This is powerful in my view. That whatever was given to the apostles, they are available to me now, right now. The way they prayed, the way God answered their prayers, the way God manifested his power through them, it is also available right now. And the spirit of prophecy is clear. The same compassionate Savior lives today. And he is us. You see the two words, the same, us. Willing to listen to the prayer of faith as when he walked visibly among men. The natural cooperates with the supernatural. So we have no doubt that God's plan, God's intention, 
is for us to have the experience of the early church. God's plan is actually for us to have the experience of Jesus. To pray as he prayed. And to get the result, actually, Jesus Christ even went more than that. He said, you will even do more than I do because I am going up to the Father. So why is it that we don't see that now? It has been promised. It is clear. Why is it? We will discover. Let's continue. We have few unanswered prayer in the Bible. As I said, the Bible is not the kind of a book. You see, the Egyptians, uh, when they wrote their story, their history, they tried to eliminate all negative things, uh, only the good ones. Um, all the defeats, all the uh, things embarrassing, they removed. But only the glorious uh, victory and so on. That's why you may not see the experience of the Red Sea. That was an emulating thing for the Egyptians. But the Bible is not like that. The Bible records both. The negative and the positive. Yes or no? So, when we don't see many recorded uh, Negative answers for prayer. We should not say, well, probably for this topic, the Bible is like the Egyptians, uh, the ancient Egyptians. No. The fact that we don't find them in the Bible, it is clear that it didn't happen. So very few cases of negative answers in the Bible. Like Moses you really wanted to go to the Canaan land. Yes or no? He prayed for that. That was his goal, but he was denied. And we know for a fact that um, God knew better, that God wanted, God wanted him to go to heavenly Canaan first. And later on, he touched base actually to the Canaan land. When? The Mount of Transfiguration, when Elijah and Moses encouraged Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration, then Moses, Moses landed in the Canaan land. Yes or no? Yes. So God wanted him to have both. So that no was really a blessing for Moses. Back then, it was hard for him. That was his goal. But God said, no. That is a no answer. And then Elisha was sick and died. I'm sure people prayed for him, and he was a prophet. But he was not healed. And then, you, do you know Trephamus? This is not a familiar name. Let's read our Bible. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Can you read? What is the mic? Read. Ch 
chapter 4, verse 20. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Sorry about that. Okay, read. That is one of the reasons why we are attending this seminar, to know about Trephemus. Yes? Yes, read. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trephemus hath I left at Miletum City. Okay. Who spoke here? Paul, right? And you, you can Google Trophimus. You can study more about Trophimus. Uh, we will not have time, but it is a very, he was a very close colleague of Paul. And so much so that he brought him to Jerusalem. And uh, because of him, actually, people started to make a lot of trouble because he was not a Jew. And uh, uh, Paul was accused of bringing him to the temple. And that caused a lot of persecution, uh, Trophimus. So he was a very close colleague of Paul. And Paul really wanted him to accompany him, but he was sick. Don't you think that Paul pray, prayed for him? For sure. And this is the very Paul, even the handkerchief could actually heal through that, definitely. But here, his close colleague, he had to leave him sick. That prayer of Paul was not answered according to the wish of Paul. We don't know if he was eventually being healed or he died. The Bible does not tell us that. But one thing is sure. At some point, Paul prayed, and God did not answer right away. That is about Trephimus. And then himself, you remember he was denied three times. And uh, he said three times, and God said, no, forget about this. We are, not, we are not going to talk about this anymore. You just stay, you just live with this. I'm not going to remove that fawn in the flesh. Uh, you have to live with it. Those are the recorded, you may find uh, just very rare uh, negative answers, but those are the very few no answer, no. But the trend is clear. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you see positive answer. So why is it? That these people, every time they prayed, God says yes. And it is said that Elijah, he was just like us, weak like us. Said, why? What is the secret that we need to understand so that we too, we can. We can apply this in our lives. We too. We understand, and we will have the opportunity. And God said to Paul, no, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So why? Many knows now, and few, fewer, yes. Our next session will answer this question, I have 
three minutes left. And uh, maybe you have questions, just one. And then we'll have a break. And at uh, three o'clock sharp, we will answer that big question. Said why and what to do for us to have that experience as well. Any question? Okay. Let's use the remaining minutes to pray. What we will do is that uh, we will pray in twos. Um, just pray for the first for prayer life, for spiritual things, for God to help us to deepen that need for us to be on our knees, just to pray and talk to God. Pray for one another. Let's kneel now in twos. And uh, I would like to ask my wife to conclude when everything, uh, when we are quiet. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.